I think it's raining outside right now, babes. Did you look at it outside? Well, from your living room, I can hear it. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think I think I I I thought I heard some raindrops. But that's okay. It's okay. We need the rain, okay? Yes. We forgot to mention yesterday that the masks are coming off here in Oregon finally. Well, it they did yesterday. Yes. Right. But we didn't say it. I know. Uh, if you haven't heard already, <laughs> we were one of the last states. I think for real, there might be two other states Hawaii, that still have. Hawaii is the last one. Oh, is that true? Yes. That's so odd to me, considering that it's not exactly a state that you can just drive to. No, and, uh, uh. but, uh, well, I mean, I could say uh. a lot of things about Governor Ige, but I'm sure that there are people that are not happy with him oh. because of that. Um, but, uh, Apparently, I guess they're uh, lifting their uh, the restrictions. Uh, if they haven't already done it, uh, I think they're going to be the last state to do it. But they're going to do it soon. If they haven't done it already. But I just heard the other day that they were going to be the last state to uh, lift them. We're which I think out. is kind of strange. Yeah. We're getting, because, out, we're getting out of the pandemic. Why do you think it's strange? Well, because, I mean, um, they, were so res- they, were, they were so strict on people coming in. Mm-hmm. And their cases weren't even that high. Um, their numbers weren't high either. So, uh, I don't know. They should have lifted them a long time ago, honestly. Didn't your sister who lives there have COVID? I know she didn't die or anything, but. She, she did. And, you know, people have had it, but she never had to go to the hospital or anything. Mm. And she's anti-vax. She's, she, okay. So there's, there's a little bit of a, um, uh, what what am I trying to say? Um, the anti-vax thing is not necessarily true because there are people that are anti-coronavirus vax, but not actually anti-vaccine. Okay. There's a difference. But even if she, I, uh, yeah, she, she's, she didn't want this. Uh, she didn't want any shots in her, but she, um, she's better. She's doing much better. That's good. Yeah. In fact, I just talked to her the other day. Oh, oh about me? No, not you. Oh. No, no, no. I no. We had a good uh, conversation. Uh, it was. It's not all about you, Bob. No, I. For some reason, babes. <laughs> I get really excited when I find out that somebody's been talking to another person about me. I don't know what it is, and it really doesn't matter who the person is. When I hear that, I'm like, really. Well, I think we all kind of do. I mean, mm. if I'm really honest, sometimes I do. Uh, wonder if you've told anybody, you know, you know, if you've talked to anybody about me and if it was positive, but otherwise, um, I'd rather not be in the conversation all the time. You always seem so angry when I say me and my friends were talking about you. Well, because after I find out what it was about and, you know, and then you put words in my mouth and it's like, oh. <laughs> well, Buzz, you kind of provoke it. I didn't know that. Uh, I am pro-vaccine to a point, but there are some interesting arguments against it, like the fact that we haven't really gotten out of the test phase for the vaccine and that, uh, you know, it didn't exactly make the virus go away. It just mutated. And also, if you really do think that the vaccine is the best way to go, well, then why are we not lifting the patents for poor countries that can't afford it? 
Right, and yeah, but um but anyway, um yeah, interesting stuff. But no, 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 no. The reason why I get, but back to back to the um, talking about me stuff. Go ahead. Like, the reason why I have gotten angry with you is because when you've said things like, "Oh, I told them about da 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 da," and it's not a positive thing. It's kind of like a uh, why was I in the conversation when that wasn't true? <laughs> you put me in, Dale. Oh my god! And it, and it wasn't like I was like super angry. I was kind of annoyed. There's a, there's a little bit of a difference there. I hear you. You see, Bubs, you might want to ask me if I want to be in the conversation sometimes. You know. Well, I don't know about that, there, Jay. Whoa. I would like to be in the know. Okay. Okay. Well, people are dying of coronavirus and the vaccine, and yet here you are obsessed whether or not you're going to be mentioned in the conversation properly. (laughs) Can you, babes, let me ask you something. No. We obviously can't do it today because of what you just did. Oh, really? Well, you got to hear what I'm saying. Do you think it would be possible for you to do an episode that we do in person where you're not tickling me? No. Okay. (laughs) It wouldn't well, be fun. At least you're honest about it. No, I can't. You know why? Because it wouldn't be fun. It would be a little bit bland if you ask me. Well, give me a kiss. I mean, uh, you know, I could, I could storm out of the room, but why would I want to do that? Okay, give me a kiss. I remember, babes. Yes. When um, Richard Simmons used to do the Howard Stern show a lot. Oh yeah. And he would always storm off of the show. Oh yeah. For some reason, and I remember one time. This was from, like, 1989, but they were replaying it. Uh-huh. And they're just hanging out, and then Richard Simmons tries to cry and leaves and says, I'm never doing the show again. And Howard's just like, he'll be back. What else is going on? <laughs> <laughs> Why was he crying? I don't know. He's, I, I'm, my assumption. Yeah. I don't know Richard Simmons. Yeah. This could be completely false. I believe that he is gay and because of the oh, generation... Oh, there's no doubt about that. He's oh, very... Well, he hasn't said publicly. I know, I know, but, you know, he's very effeminate. Okay. And from the generation he came from, he may feel like he it's not safe for him to come out of the closet. And so it's one of those things to where everybody... Well, most people speculate that he's gay, but it's never been said publicly. So there's pro- he probably feels that he has to hide this part of his life. And as a result, it creates these like little conflicts to where he has to run out of interviews crying. Or maybe that's just his shtick. Maybe he's, maybe it could be that he is, um, he is that way. He's Mm. gay, but it also could be that maybe that's just his persona. Did you hear about Adam Driver? I don't even know who that is. Okay, he's in a bunch of the new Star Wars movies. He was on that show, Girls. I never watched Girls, but I heard it, I have heard of the show. I've watched it. That's it, the one with the Lena Dunham. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of her yeah. as a person. The show wasn't yeah. bad, though. Yeah, she yeah she doesn't sound like a nice lady. Okay. In any event, this was a couple months before the pandemic. Uh-huh. And he was in a movie with Scarlett Johansson. Uh-huh. I think it's called Marriage Story. Yeah. He goes on Fresh Air to promote it. Mm-hmm. And they start playing clips from the movie. Mm-hmm. He gets so upset that they're playing clips 
of the performance yeah. that he takes his headphones off and walks out of the studio. Really? Yeah. You actually heard it? I didn't hear it. I heard about it. Wow. Yeah. So it sounds like that one didn't make it on the air then. I don't know. that, But that's like the dumbest reason to leave an interview. I know. It's not like he's being taunted or he's being teased. But some people are just, you know, total divas. Mm-hmm. They're either drama kings or drama queens. And they want the attention on them. It's quite annoying, actually. What do you think it is? about being in show business that makes people so disconnected. Like, oftentimes I'll think to myself, I wish my art was more successful. Yeah. But then I start to imagine if that was the case, maybe I'd turn into one of these people who can't handle things like somebody playing a clip of me. You know Um, what I mean? I think it's a sense of entitlement. Yeah. Because the more rich and famous you are, the more you're recognized, and then you expect... Or demand uh, people to give you what you want all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't want, you know, I want to sit in the front row of such and such theater. Or I want to get first class tickets to so-and-so's concert. Or I don't want anyone to play clips of my movie uh, while I'm being interviewed. And that's that's not right. I remember in 2001... Mm-hmm. I was smoking some weed and listening to Everclear. How does that not surprise me? I don't know. (laughs) You're not easily surprised then. No. And I was thinking about life. And at the time, I thought, I'm going to become a successful artist. We saw how that worked out. But I started thinking to myself, what's it like being a rock star? And... You struggled for all these years. Finally, you have one or two hit records. And then you make like innocuous comment to somebody, maybe you're even joking, and you say, oh, I never want to see this person again. You come back the next day, and you see that that person's been fired, mm-hmm. right? You start to realize the power you have. But you also realize that it, it can kind of do what you said. It can get you into see other people's performances. It can get you early access to movies. People love you. So that's got to be a really weird thing for the ego. Oh, of course it's, it's, um, you know, it's, it's giving, you know, the person, if they let it get to them, their, their heads get bigger and bigger. Right. Yeah. And, um, they feel, uh, you know, since they've gotten what they want in the beginning, then they expect to get what they want all the time. Mm. Entitlement. Um, and some, I mean, not every famous person acts like they're entitled. Um, not, not every famous person is like that, but a lot of them are, it seems like. I do like a lot of memoirs of celebrities. Uh-huh. That said, I think that... Many of these books are filled with lies about how down-to-earth somebody is after becoming successful. Yeah. Or at least exaggerations. I personally think if a person was really down-to-earth, they don't have to advertise it. Exactly. They don't have to say, oh, I'm really real and down-to-earth in their books. Or, I'm a real person and I just want to stay at home when they're being interviewed by a talk show host. Mm Mm-hmm. Just like, you know, Jennifer Lopez. You keep go- Yeah, I know you like that example. No, no, it's the one I can think of. And it's also a weird thing. Celebrities will talk about how much they hate being famous. Yeah. But yet, okay, I get that sometimes it sucks. Like, 
I know enough to know that I don't understand what it's like, but by the same token, I could see where it would suck if you're going out trying to do normal stuff and somebody's always following you. Yeah. That said, if this is the case, you would think that instead of just like spending money on expensive cars, they would put that money into the stock market and maybe consider, you or know, starting their own business. Well, or something like that. And maybe consider retiring from the film or the, you know, recording industry, industry yeah. a little bit sooner instead of, oh, this sucks. And by the way, I have 10 more projects coming out next year. Yeah, that's that's probably why I don't think I could ever marry somebody that was super famous because, mm. I mean, if they're being watched, um, if they're being watched as an individual person who's famous, how much more are they going to be watched if they have if they had me on their arm as their girlfriend or wife? That would be that would be very uncomfortable for me. I think. Yeah, let me pick on George Clooney for a second, even though I am a fan. Oh, George Clooney, he's okay. old now. He is old. I know. Um, I remember when the whole Princess Diana thing happened of her dying. Yeah. He was on TV talking about what it's like being famous and, you know, you got to watch out for the paparazzi and there are all these crazy fans Mm -hmm. and, you know, they'll they'll never stop following you. It's, it's just this crazy stuff. Yeah. And I think to myself, you probably made 15 to 20 movies since giving those interviews Mm -hmm. and, on some level, I'm sure you wanted those movies to be successful. Maybe you didn't think that they were all going to make tons of money, but in the back of your mind, you probably at least wanted them to be loved by critics. And George Clooney is still super famous, but I I don't think that he has the level of fame that he did back in 1998. And I bet part of him misses that. Like, I'm sure he has more money, but I'm sure part of him wishes that people would still, you yeah, know. But, yeah, but how do you know whether or not people still talk about him? Or People uh, still do talk about him. I'm not saying that he's not a star. He clearly is. But is he as popular as he was back in the late 90s? No. How do you know that? Well, babes, let's, let's break this down. Okay. I'm just asking. Do you want me to break it down for you? Okay. Okay. And... The late 90s, he was on the a top five TV show. I almost said the number one show in the country. But it, right. we could agree that at the time, ER was like a top five show. Oh, likely. yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. A lot of people were watching it, yeah. And the internet and cable were around, but they weren't at the same height as they are now. So now you could get a top five show with maybe 10 to 15 million people watching it. Mm-hmm. Back then, I'm going to guess off the top of my head that probably 40 to 50 million people each week were watching him on TV. Mm-hmm. Okay. There's that factor. He was also making movies at the time. Now, some of his films were less successful than others, mm-hmm. but he was still in the film industry. Um, he was on the cover of all these magazines because he was like the the young dude in his you know early to mid 30s. Yeah, yeah. I'm not saying that he's not a star now. I that, that would clearly not be the case. But as, is he as famous as he was in the late 90s? No. And I bet part of him misses that. Or maybe he doesn't. Well, I mean, think about Jack Nicholson. He's well into his 80s. Yes. You know, he's in his early 80s. But he's uh, he's older. 
Uh, I have to wonder what he thinks about that because he's been in a lot of movies. He's gotten um, a few Oscars. Uh, I wonder how he feels looking back on it when, you know, when he was a young man, you know, starring in uh, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest and um, things of that sort. I wonder how he feels about it now. I don't know Jack Nicholson. Yeah. But I would assume the part of him misses being super famous. Or maybe he's just, you know, he said, well, maybe he's just thinking, well, I'm glad I did it and it was good while it lasted, but I'm I'm glad that I I have some privacy. Listen, there are things about each period in your life that you're going to love or hate. So, is there part of him that enjoys no longer being on the cover of 10 magazines each month? Mm-hmm. Probably. But I bet you there's also a part of him that wishes he was still at that level of fame. That wishes that TV talk shows would still have him on on a regular basis. Yeah. Well, I suppose it would be, you know, the same for us. Like, you know, sometimes I think back about 20 years ago when I was much, you know, I was a little bit younger and, you know, things were a little bit simple then. But then I think about it, I'm like, well, I do miss those times, but at the same time, some there are things about this period of my life that I do like. Yeah. Now, having said that, you, you already know my thing. If I had a choice between being alive now or being alive 20 years ago, I would choose 20 years ago if I can know then what I know now. Yeah. It, I mean, I think we all think about that from mm-hmm. time to time. I mean, sometimes I do. Like if I was uh, 21, 22 and I was... Uh, smarter than I was back then. Well, a little bit smarter and wiser. I want to know everything that I know now back then. So it would help me be better in relationships. It would also help me. uh, (laughs) Let's be honest. I'd be able to invest money because I know what companies are going to do well. But then from the other standpoint, it would also help inform me as an artist about what moves to make and which ones not to. And there's also the knowledge of things you could do for your health and things you could encourage other people to do that I think would be really intriguing. Oh yeah. You know? Yeah. But unfortunately that that's not available. Yeah. And you know, who knows when we die, maybe we'll get the opportunity. You know, a thought I had the other night, babes Uh-oh. kind of related to this, but not. Oh, it, because, you know, this is one of my fantasies is that, oh, uh, you know, when I die, maybe I'll get the opportunity to go back and relive my life knowing everything I know. It's a fantasy, mm-hmm. right? Um, but the other thing I was thinking last night, because I do these thought exercises, is if I really am the only person on this planet that's real, uh-huh. meaning that how, when I die, there's an afterlife for me mm-hmm. and all of y'all just disappear. <laughs> mm-hmm. Granted, I don't know that now. And yes, that doesn't mean I'm going to get to relive my life. But if I look at the world like that, that's an interesting way to view it because it means that you can kind of do things that normally you wouldn't. Now, do I believe that to be the case? No, okay. but it's an interesting thought experiment. That this is a simulation, but I'm the only one in the simulation that's real. Okay. What do you think about that? We've talked about this ad ad nauseum. Okay.
you may have even repeated it <laughs> in oh other goodness. podcasts. Well, I definitely said that there's a possibility that I'm the only one here that's fake. Oh, well. You know. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> what type of games do you think they play in heaven? What are you um, doing? Oh, no, I'm just fixing my blanket. Oh my um, I don't know. I can't answer that. Mm. I am sure there's a lot of uh, enjoyment. See, this would be an interesting game to play, though. The game of Earth. You know what I mean? Like, you're in heaven. What are you going to do? Well, let's pretend that I'm from the planet Earth. Yeah, I don't know. I, I can't answer that question. Mm. That is something to be experienced and not to speculate. Okay. To tell you the truth. I, can't, I really can't answer that question. That's fair, babes. Shall we? Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> 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 You called your mom last night. Yeah, I did. You're moving your stuff around, babes. Yeah, I know. Sorry. That's right. It'll make some noise, but I just want you to be aware of that. I, I am. Okay. Um, yeah, well, yeah, I had I called her back because apparently she called me while I was sleeping. Mm. Yeah. Oh, that's who it was. Yeah. Nice. Okay. Yeah. I thought it might be your mom, but then I noticed you'll often call multiple times, and she only called that one time when you were sleeping. She did, yeah. Sometimes she'll call me twice oh. in a row. Uh, anyway, that's besides the point. Yeah, she did call me. Uh, she called me and then I called her back. She's coming here on <laughs> April 4th. That's what she said. She bought her ticket for April 4th. But you will not be returning to Washington with her. Well, I'm not planning on it. Um, if I were to go to Washington, I'd like to do that in the summer. Nice. Um, when it's nice and warm. But I don't know when I don't know when I'm going to do that. Oh, so is she officially moving back? I don't know what's going on. I mean, my grandma wants to go back to the Philippines, but she, you know, right now the Philippines is still restrictive, and I don't know, I don't know what they're going to do. Honestly, <clears throat> I, I just, I want her to just move back already, and you know, find a find a place up north and you know, settle there because it's so hard to call like 15 hours behind when one of us is awake and the other one is getting ready to go to bed. You know, I hear <laughs> you know what I mean? And, you know, and if she's so worried about, you know, if, if she's worried about her family, especially her kids, then why not just move closer? That's what I say. Mm. Or don't worry about them. Oh, if you tell her not to worry, she's still going to worry. Oh, she just, you know, that's what that's what moms do. They worry all the time. Really? Well, at least my mom does it. That doesn't seem very healthy. No, it isn't healthy. It's not healthy. Mm. Um, I think she has not um, been able to, to uh, figure out a way to get around that. But I digress. Yes. <laughs> yeah, she said she's coming on the 4th. Uh, I think because uh, my birthday is going to be in uh, uh, 10 days afterwards. On the 14th. Yes, it is, yes. which uh, it's pretty crazy. It's coming up soon. I know. I know. Well, good. I'm happy to hear that there. Jay, whoa. Yeah. 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 Well, good for him. Oh, babes. You almost said him. <laughs> 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 good for him. Uh, her. <laughs> 
<laughs> I love you, puppy. I love you, baby. <laughs> Never a dull moment, always a funny moment. Have you told your mom that I might be moving to the Philippines? No. Okay. Because I said no. <laughs> and by the way, we talked about this afterwards. What do you mean? No, we talked about it before you talked to your mom. Did we? Yes. Oh. Mm, I did not tell her that. Okay, you might want to bring that up to her. Why? I'm Just not because. going with you. Really? No. Why not? Money goes a lot further there, babes. Bubs, it's a different country. Eventually, you'll have to become a citizen. Well, then make it happen, okay? Bubs! What? Stop it. What are you doing? You sound tired, babes. Uh, a little bit, but oh. Bubs... What? Who's stopping? Who's stopping? I am not moving to the Philippines. Oh. I'm oh. not going with you. Oh, I still love you there. Chewo. I love you too there. Prices are a lot cheaper there. Yeah, but I don't. I don't want to move there just because rent is better. Because think about it though. You have to. You're eventually you're going to have to learn the language. Mm-hmm. Eventually you're going to have to be a citizen, and then there's some other things that. You're not used to like the water. Yeah. The water is not, uh, you're not going to be able to, sorry. What are you doing? Oh, that was, I thought I felt something on my, um, oh. foot. Anyway. You're fidgety today. I'm sorry, but I'm usually the, the fidget, fidgety one, but it will show up in the recording. It's okay. It's okay. I'll, I'll be fine. Um, uh, then I'll hear, oh, you should record John Joff, Bob. Sorry, go ahead. You're not a good boy. I'm always a good boy. Keep going. Well, I mean, the water's not good. Um, there's some sanitation stuff. Um, I I don't know. There's just a lot of things that I've noticed even, you know, being there for a month. Mm. Although you could possibly hire uh, people to work for you around the house. Nice. But I'll, I don't know. It's just... You know, I, I, I don't, I don't really see myself living there, to be honest. Okay. Yeah. Oh, good. Good, good, good. Yeah. Yes. Babes. Yeah. We lost an hour. We did because we, uh, we, we did spring forward. Cause, this is uh, good. Yeah. We gained, we, we lost an hour, but we gained some sunshine apparently. I like that. I don't, I don't like losing an hour, but I don't, I don't like this whole, Daylight savings time anymore, and a lot of people have been saying that they want it to be over with. Yeah, it's a big thing, the push to get rid of it. They've been talking about it since I was a kid. Okay, I did, well, I I did not hear about it when I was a kid, and it's probably because Hawaii doesn't have daylight savings time. Yeah. Um. Oh, your phone keeps going off. Oh, it just, I think I got a message or something. Oh, my God. Anyway. A text or whatever. Anyway, but... Oh, you're moving your feet around the edge. Whoa. Sorry. That's okay, babes. It's just going to show up in the recording. Okay. Yeah. Um, I've been hearing this weird background sound recently in our recordings. Really? And I've been wondering what it was. And I think, and I'm not trying to pick on you, it's you moving your feet around. Because when you're doing it now, I'm thinking, oh, that sounds like the sound that I've had trouble editing out. Really? Yeah. I don't think I've. I don't think I've noticed it. I mean, there are times where I've heard you um, uh, mess with the buttons on your, um, with the uh, the volume on your recorder. Mm. I've heard that. In the actual recording? Uh-huh. I have not heard that. 
Yeah, I heard you, I don't know, like tapping something or pressing buttons. Yeah, but a lot of times you'll tap on the recorder. No, 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 I'm serious, but I think I heard you tapping, or not tapping, but um, pressing buttons. Okay. Yeah. Well, good. Good. Well, I'm happy for you there, J-Woe. But you will not be going to the Philippines or to Thailand with me. No. I'm sorry. I'm not going to do that. And you also hate your daylight savings time. I think it should just be a memory already. I agree. It it doesn't... I mean, I don't even know that farmers like daylight savings time because it was supposed to be for the, for the farmers. Yeah. The crazy thing is, honestly, babes... This is such an, an issue that most Americans could, you know, agree on. Yeah. I bet you probably like 95% of people you ask would agree with us on this. And yet we can't um, get yeah. it done. You know. I, I, I'd i like to eventually not have to worry about going to a state and changing my clocks. Yeah, but you know what I mean? It's It, it crosses party lines. You know, super conservative people and ultra liberal people would all agree on this. It crosses class div- class divisions and race, and yet well, you know it's what? not getting done. Well, you know what? Donald Trump was trying to push that to be so. They, he actually wanted to get rid of it. Was he? Yes, I'm telling. I'm I'm serious. Okay. He has talked about it. Um, he's wanted to get rid of it as much as everybody else did. Um. Yeah, I think it's time. To, I think it's time for it to go. I really do. I don't know why. I don't know why uh, daylight savings time was for the farmers, and I think I need to look that up. Well, it, I get it because it was so they they could work another hour in the sunlight to handle their crops. I believe, okay. but it's time to move past that. Let, let's come on, babes. Let's get on this thing. Well, well, and modern farmers, I think, would probably agree too and say, yeah, I think. Uh, I think that's. I think we should just get rid of it already. Yeah, but yet it's we're gonna be stuck with it. I don't know, Bubs. We'll see. Okay, well, I guess going away next year, Bubs. You watch, Bubs. Trump will be back in office, and daylight saving time will be no more. Bubba. Oh, Bubs. What? Stop being sarcastic. Yeah. <laughs> I never would. I yes, you would. I never would. I love you. I'll box your ears. Oh my goodness. I won't do that hard. Thank you. I love you, and I never would. Yes, you would. I love you, and I never would. Oh, stop it. Yes, yes, yes. Um, but anyway, yeah, we lost an hour, but that also means that spring will be here soon, in a few days. Very good there, J-Wo. I don't like the beginning of spring where it's really rainy, you know, like in April. I don't mind it. I don't I don't like all the rain. Hmm. And then, and then it, I, I'm getting used to the weather, so then it makes me kind of sleepy. Mm-hmm. But that always happens when seasons change for me now that I live in the Northwest. So, so I've been living in the, here for years. Yeah, because it seems like you spend half the year, like, with your schedule off because of the weather changes. The, yeah, I mean, it it affects people. A lo- there are people that it affects a lot more with um, seasonal depression. You know what? Um, I, sorry to interrupt you, babes. But I, I thought that just came to my head. I wonder if people who are born and raised in Hawaii and then move to the mainland have more issues with seasonal depression because they were raised in an environment to where their body never really had to change seasons that much. Mm-hmm. And then they go to places to where it's just sort of the norm. Because you're pretty used to it. Yeah. 
Okay. I don't know. I mean, there are people that live on the mainland and they still have seasonal affective disorder. Right, but it's not at the same numbers. I, I mean, I don't know if it is. Somebody should do a test. I, would, I wouldn't even call it depression for me. I just get physically tired. Yeah. But I'm not sad or anything. Yeah. It just makes me sleepy and drowsy and what have you. I mean, I can't tell you how many times I've been in classes and it was like, the beginning of spring and I would just get in there and I'm like a zombie because I'm so sleepy. Nice. Uh, that's not nice. Oh. It's bad. Bad. It's a bad. Okay. Babes. Yeah. I've always said a man must have a code. Right. No, you haven't. Oh, really? No, that would be Bunk Moreland. Bunk Moreland, your buddy. Uh, I don't know the guy, but he seems like a cool guy. He seems like he knows what he's doing. We watched an episode of The Wire yesterday. Mm -hmm. Would you like to say something about it? No. I think because you know more about it, it's it's so it's so hard to it's it, there's like a lot of things going on. But maybe you should start with this one. I'll mention a few things about the episode. Presbyluski has been working on the codes, so he he already knows how. Everybody figured out what numbers to dial to get a hold of specific people, as far as, you know, the runners and all those people and D'Angelo. But he figures out the code of the slang that they're saying on the phone, right? Mm -hmm. And he says, okay, there's going to be a cocaine deal tomorrow. Bird's going to have some stuff. Mm -hmm. The crew plans, they're not even going to chase Bird. They're going to go after the other person in the car. And it turns out to be the kid who uh, Prez had his eye knocked out, right? Yeah, with the eye patch. Mm -hmm. Yep. So he was going to be the one that had the package. Correct. Right. They take him into the office, and it's very awkward because he sees Prez Belusky, mm. who goes into Daniels' office. Daniels goes outside, starts talking to the kid, gives him his card and says, you know, you can – Call me whenever and I'll help you. Mm -hmm. And the kid basically says, this guy thinks he can buy me off with this card. candy bar. And throws it on the ground. Yeah. Which I could see from the kid's perspective why it would come off that way. Well, and he also tried to give him uh, some candy, right? Yeah. Yeah. A Reese's Pieces. Reese's. I believe. Peanut Reese's, butter cup. Yo. I want a Reese's, yo. Yeah. Yes. All right. That's going on in the episode. They... Finally, get Bird, right? Mm -hmm. And he starts using some very inappropriate language to Kima, which I did not appreciate. Yeah, you did. I did? Well, you act like you didn't, but I'm kind of thinking you're pretty used to it, right? Oh. Well, it was very inappropriate. It was a lot of epithets. Yeah, I did not like that. I don't, uh, like, I don't like swearing babes. Yes, you do. Okay, if you, you say so. You, you don't do it. As much as other people do, but you still do, Bubs. Oh. Uh-huh. I don't believe you. are not nice boy. I'm, I'm always nice boy. No. Yeah, I'm always nice boy. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, yeah. He was... Yeah, they. he was very nice. No. Not at all. So, Kima, Daniels, and Jay decide to beat him up. Mm hmm Which, you know, maybe they could have handled better. Yeah, they could have handled it better. They they shouldn't have resulted to beating him up because they they already had him strapped. Mm -hmm. They and that 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 sounds like it would really hurt. 
Yeah. Yeah. Omar helped them get burned. Mm-hmm. And he's talking to Bunk. It turns out that they both went to Emerson together. Yeah. But Bunk was like a couple of years ahead of him. And Bunk apparently was into lacrosse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's that great scene where they're talking and Bunk says, a man must have a code. Yep. Which is a great line. Yeah. Omar gives Bunk some information on some murders. Now, Santino... Santangelo. Santangelo was told by Rawls, you either got to get me something on McNulty or bring in a case. Mm -hmm. Because of Omar's help, they write it up and give Santangelo the information on a case that he can close. Ah. Yeah. And, um... And I think uh, Rawls is telling him, you know, pick a file, any file, mm-hmm. as long as you get me a case. Yeah. Wallace is still tripping over the murder, so we don't really see him that much in this episode. Except for when he's lying on the bed and he just um, got high. Yeah. That's basically his contribution to this. Yeah. Um, he's been MIA. Yeah. There's other stuff, like the judge extended the warrants for another month. Right. And then... Uh, Johnny and Bubbles uh, go to this, this, uh, was it a, like a parole board, a parole board hearing? Well, Johnny does go to face a judge because of, you know, the crimes possession, he's committed. Yeah, possession of um, illegal yeah. substances, yeah. Because Bubbles is in good with Kima, Kima goes up to the prosecutor and says, we need that one out. And the guy says, okay, here's what's going to happen. Have him plead to this, and he'll have to go to like a, a, a you know an AA type organization. Um, uh, but you know we're not going to send him to jail. He can. He can he'll, he has he'll to get have treatment. To, yeah, he'll have to be processed. So it'll be a couple hours, but he'll be out by the end of the day. Yeah. Okay. So they go to this meeting, and I love it when the guy says, "Okay, has anybody here been clean for three months? Anybody here been clean for twenty four hours? Yeah. Well, first he right. says." Has anybody here been clean for a month? And then he's like, has anybody been clean for 24 hours or has a desire to be clean? Bubbles gets up. I almost called him Bubs. Gets <laughs> this, you know, their like key or chip or whatever it is. He yeah. sits down and Johnny's like, we shot up this morning. <laughs> I had to laugh at that one. That was great. Yeah. Is there anything else you want to say about this episode? Uh, no, it's a uh, quite an action packed episode. I have to say. Did you like it? Um, I did. I mean, I don't know if I would say that I liked it per se, like as much as you did, but mm-hmm. I, I liked it for what it, for, um, you know, it, it seems that they're getting closer and closer to solving the case. Yeah. Uh, because of the codes and everything. And, um, so. Oh, we also find out that Bunk, uh, well, Jimmy received anal sex, sex from Bunk Moreland as a reward for starting on the force. Huh? Well, no, no, that was a joke because when they're in the bar, Jimmy jokes with the bunk about, yeah, hey, I, I appreciated that. Oh, one. yeah, yeah, It's yeah, clearly yeah, he's, yeah. he's, you know, having fun with them. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well. We know that Lester is my favorite character. He seems very calm, uh, you know, cool, calm, and collected. Yeah, but Bunk is high up there, too. Yeah. Um, What are your thoughts on him at this point in the series? Um... I think that Bunk is pretty uh intelligent, mm-hmm. smart. Um he he's also in on the codes, I think. He probably knows about the codes now too. Well, he's right. 
here's the thing. He's not with the regular crew that's working to bust D'Angelo. He's kind oh, of from the sidelines. Okay. But he's helping because he's friends with Jimmy and their partners. So yeah. he's kind of like an unofficial member of their crew. In my that's the way yeah. I view him. Um Yeah, I, I do I do like him. He even though he's like a supporting character. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. He seems like a he seems like he would be a really cool person to hang out with. Yeah. You know. I'd love to have dinner with Buck one night. Uh, Jimmy McNulty, I know he does the work, but he also has a lot of issues with his family life and mm-hmm. everything. It's, it's not good. Um, uh, I, I say Kima's really good at her job. Kima's great. Yeah. She, um, I mean, she's on top of it. I, um, I do like Lester. Yeah. I remember. Remember that one part where they were busting the um, was it the kid or the who was the one that no, had the gun? They were. I think this is when they were uh, coming they up bird. on Bird. Yeah. Oh, and then he got the he empties out the gun. Yeah. He's like, oh wow, look what we have here. And um, I just like how I just like how he did that. Who's your favorite character so far? Um, I think Lester Freeman. Nice. He's such a smart guy. Yes. And I, I mean, thinking to what you said about how he let the cast stay at, stay at his house, that that's was super really um, generous. That's super cool, and it also is a very Lester Freeman type move. You know what I mean? After watching the show, it seems like something Lester would do because he told them because they each got poor DMs. He would go up to cast members and say, "Hey, I'll charge you half of what you're paying for rent, and you can come and stay with me." Mm-hmm. I I could see Lester doing that. And he had a lot of space, yeah. you know, and his, you know, his, him and his wife um, welcomed them in. And then, you know, there was still, um, you know, when his son wasn't visiting, because his son would visit him all the time, mm-hmm. what, how you said it. And some some people stayed in the basement. I know. I think he let cast right? members keep their stuff in the basement. Oh, their stuff in the basement. Okay. Yeah. I would love to sit down and have a conversation with Clark Peters, who played Lester Friedman. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, because you wouldn't think that a guy who made dollhouses would be so good at detective work, mm-hmm. figuring out codes. and. But all the pieces matter. All the pieces matter, which yes. was the name of the book. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, it was, um, yeah, I, how, what do I think about Omar? I'm, I'm not sure yet. Mm. I mean... He's a very, very helpful person when it comes to looking at who's been murdered, how they've been murdered, um, helping them out because, you know, they're trying to get these people off of the street. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't I don't know. I don't know. Bubbles is kind of interesting, too. Tell me. Um, you know, he is helping. He is helping the crew out, too. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, I don't know. Bubbles and Omar I'm still kind of thinking about. How do you feel about D'Angelo? I don't know. I still don't know. He's definitely in the game. But you can tell that in some ways he does have a heart. Yeah. He's got a, a girlfriend and a son. I'm sure he wants good for them. But he's stuck in this lifestyle with his brother. 
That is his brother, right? No. Um, Avon? Avon is his... His cousin? His uncle, I believe. His uncle? Yeah. Oh, okay. I thought I thought that was his brother. No, no, no. That's that's his uncle. They're closer in age, but he's he's his uncle. Oh. Avon Barksdale. Yeah. Yes. Um. So I don't I don't know what I how I feel about D'Angelo. Oh. Well, good. I'm glad you're liking the show there, J. Whoa. Yeah. Maybe you'll show it to your mom. Um. I don't know. It's such a guy show. It is a guy show. I don't know if she'd like it. Uh-oh. I tell you the truth. There's Uh-oh. a lot of, I mean, I will say this. It doesn't seem like there's a lot of, there is violence in it, but not quite as much as there is in The Boys. Yeah, The Boys is over the The Boys top. is really violent. It's a great show, but The Wire's better, in my opinion. Yeah. And The, the Boys deals with good and bad superheroes. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I, I don't think I'd show my mom those two shows. Oh. They're just a little too much. Oh. Uh-oh. Well, maybe you'll watch Ted Lasso there. J-Wo. I don't know if she liked that one either. Maybe she would. I don't know. Yeah, I think she'd like Ted Lasso. But what do I know? I don't know. I mean, I'm not sure. Oh. Well, good. Oh, you're moving your legs around, babes. Shall we? That's okay. I can hear it. It'll be on the record. Well, maybe you'll have to edit it. It's very hard to edit that. I don't know. For some reason, I I don't hear anything like that. Okay. <laughs> but maybe it's because a dot does not um, carry that noise. I don't know. If you listen, if you had a cell phone, that you you know, like a smartphone, you'd be able to hear. It. Oh, are you ever going to get a smartphone? What's the deal? With um, this? I I'm still definitely thinking about getting an iPad first. Nice. Yeah, you should definitely come on. Move into the model. <laughs> Sorry. It's okay, Reeves. There are programs you can apply for that will help you out with it, too. Oh, my goodness. I probably have enough money to buy one. Really? It's time to... Uh, yeah, I don't I don't think I need that to be uh, bought and paid for. Yeah, and if they still have the antique roadshow on, babes, you might be able to trade in your old computer. <laughs> Bubs! You laughed at that, babes. Okay. Bubs. <laughs> oh, stop it. It's not like it was made in the 1900s or anything. Oh, nice, nice, nice. Bubs or the sev- the 1600s. Or- <laughs> you thought that was funny too, babes. Bubs. Yes. Oh, my goodness. J-Lo? Yeah. Tell me about Seinfeld. Well, I, by the way, I think we may only be able to watch one episode today because we're getting near the end of the series. Unless you want to watch the finale, which kind of sucks. Well, we don't have to watch that. We don't have to continue on with that season, you know. That's true. We can go to a different season. Oh. In fact, there's so there's other seasons that I haven't really watched a lot, a lot of episodes. That's of. that's interesting to me because I watched so much Seinfeld when I was younger that I, you know, I didn't watch it a lot. Though. I've seen it all. I'm surprised. I I know, but I I, I really didn't see it a lot. I mean, I I saw it uh, reruns of it. Mm-hmm. And I liked it, but I I didn't really I don't remember watching every single episode. My best friend has told me that she didn't watch Friends or Seinfeld when they were originally on the air. She watched them like years later. Wow, I'm yeah. surprised because that's when they were really really popular. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I I don't. Yeah, we don't we don't have to continue on with that season. We could just go to the. 
We could we could just go to a different one. Oh. Because you said that um, they get better with every season. Yeah, but that's we're near the end of the ninth season. I know, but we don't have to stay there. Okay, we'll watch lesser episodes. There, no, there are good episodes from the earlier seasons. Yeah, and are. I know I'm in the minority when I say that the last two seasons were my favorite. Um, so, I, I listen. I obviously loved Seinfeld before it got to that point, but it is what it is, Jay Wall. Oh my goodness! Do you want to say anything about what we watched yesterday? Okay, so the first episode. Um, uh, I'm trying to think here. Um, trying to think, but nothing happens. Hey, that's what the three Stooges said, babes. Oh my goodness! I heard they're pretty funny. I haven't watched a lot of their cartoons. Cartoons. Or or a lot of them. Oh my goodness. I think you have dyslexia. No, I don't. Okay. You know what I mean? But the, the Three Stooges. Okay. Didn't they? Didn't they do cartoons at one time? Uh, they might have done cartoons based on the Three Stooges, but the original members of it, I don't believe, voiced any cartoons. I did watch some. I didn't watch a lot of Three Stooges going growing up. Mm. But that's besides the point. So, um. The first episode, that wasn't the one with the cake. That was the second one. Um, What happened? There's a thing with a rickshaw. Oh, yeah, the rickshaw. Yeah, that's right. Because um, um, Kramer was working with some homeless people and uh, having like this rickshaw business. And that just... <laughs> that just went bad. Yes. <laughs> went downhill. Especially when the rickshaw almost ran over Newman. That's not what happened. Did it run over Newman? No. Newman gets Kramer to pull the rickshaw while he's on it. And Kramer lets go and the thing falls backwards <laughs> down this hill. <laughs> and then uh, I'm trying to think about... Oh, yeah, that's right. Elaine goes to Peterman's party. And they keep talking about, oh, we missed you dancing last year. Yeah, and she makes out with this dude and tells everybody <laughs> that they've been dating for a while. But then it turns out he has an alcohol problem. So she is coerced by Peterman to help this man get clean, who she barely knows. And then Jerry makes a comment, you know, you're better at uh, fake relationships than real ones. <laughs> like, yeah, I guess I am. <laughs> oh, it's so funny how they, they uh, somehow ended up together. Mm -hmm. It's very strange. Yes. Um, but that was based, that was, uh, was there really anything with George? I'm sure there was. I don't remember. I don't that. remember either. But the second one was funny. Um, oh, wait a second. Mm -hmm. Didn't, was this the one with the stuff that happened at the bookstore? Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. right. He took he took the book to the bathroom and it was flagged. They won't let him return it. He can't donate it, not even to Rebecca de Mornay. <laughs> so, also, jo uh, Jerry sees his uncle Leo stealing a book tries to bring it up calmly to him. Leo explains that everybody does it. Yes. And the bookstore is about to press charges. 
George tells Jerry that he's going to sell a book. Jerry turns him in so that they can make an example out of George and let his Uncle Leo out of the mix. Yeah. And that's basically the episode. That's hilarious. Yeah. Now, the second one was funny because um, Elaine, it seemed like... Uh, sorry. I think I had a nap after this. Oh. Uh, Elaine uh, had these co-workers that would celebrate everything. Yeah. A birthday. A sick day. Yeah, two uh, two Walters. One Walter had a, a birthday and the other one, it was his last day. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, Elaine was just tired and she called in sick and they gave her a carrot cake in her office. Uh, uh, uh. She's like... I do not want to celebrate everything. This is the last time I ever want a cake in my office. <laughs> and then she realizes that she's addicted to the sugar high. At she, four o'clock. She goes into Peterman's office, eats a cake. Peterman enters and explains to her that he bought a piece of cake at an auction from some royal wedding from 1937. <laughs> it's like, how does it taste? So pretty stale. <laughs> and he, and she ate it all. And <laughs> she's trying to buy a cake. And George is like, well, uh, you can get it from Entenmann's. Like, Entenmann's? Yeah, they have a case of it, the cakes in the, um, the grocery store. And, uh, what happened with, uh, Jerry? I'm trying to remember. He, uh, was, Dating a girl who always finished his sentences. Yeah, I think her name was Lindsay, and it was Elaine's friend. Yeah, it was. I think her name was Lindsay. It was Elaine's friend, and she's like, "You have to break up with him. You have to break up with her." He goes to break up with Lindsay. We should explain that there is a killer on the loose in Lindsay's neighborhood. The Lopper. Right, the Lopper. Actually, before then, let's talk about George. Okay. At the beginning of the episode, they go to an old pizza place where they <laughs> used to play this game, and George still has a high score. Fraga. The pizza place is going out of business. Mm-hmm. So George buys the game, enlists Kramer and his buddies to help power the game while they move it across town. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. So – when Jerry is leaving Lindsay's place after the 10-hour breakup, even though they were only in a relationship for, like, you know, a couple of days. A couple of days, yeah. He sees a man walking up the street and decides to run back to Lindsay because yeah. he think it, it might that be the That was a lobber, yeah. Yep. Next day, George is moving everything and... Something happens and a car or a big truck he's, ends up destroying the video. Yeah, because he's moving the the uh, video game machine through the cars. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was funny. Yes, that was a good episode, babes. That was a really good episode. Yes, he uh, Jerry ends up going to Pennsylvania Dutch country with Lindsay, <laughs> even though he didn't want to. Yes, Lindsay is a weirdo. Oh, almost Lindsay's. I almost said something, and I'm glad I didn't. Oh, possibly weirdos. I don't know. Well, the anyway. Anyways, I I I have not met any strange Lindsays in my time. You've heard of Lindsay Buckingham? That's a different Lindsay. It's it's a it's a guy Lindsay, and no, I have never met him. You've heard of him though? Yes, I have, and they did fire him. Yep. Even though him and Stevie Nicks used to do it, they used to. Yeah, they they were together for a long time, and nothing ever. Nothing ever happened after that. Yeah, they used to do it. (laughs) 
Yes, Bubs. Yes. Well, you you know that she you know that he wrote that song for her. You can go your own way. I did not know that. I know that on an interview she says, "Oh yeah, we used to do it, and now we're no longer talking to each other." Uh, no, she doesn't say it like that. No, you said it like that. Okay, I bet she's a cool lady. And Alana apparently <laughs> disagrees with that. No, no, no. She she might be. Oh, yeah. Anyways, she might be. But anyway, yeah, um, yeah. I believe he may have wrote that song for. Stevie Nicks, uh, you can go your own way. Nice. Yeah. Babes. Yeah. We had a easy dinner last night. Still turned out really good. Sandwiches, chips. Yep. It was good stuff. Good stuff. And then we watched One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Oh, yeah. Which, it's based on a book. Okay. And we already established that my grandfather... They weren't best friends, but he knew Ken Kesey from high school. Wow. Because they both went to high school in, like, Springfield or Eugene, you know, that area. Somewhere, like, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. I think it was actually Thurston High School. Oh, wow. Where they had the shooting. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. And then he knew Ken Kesey from that. Yeah. My my grandfather did not know Kip Kinkle. That was way before his time. That was way, yeah, that was way, way before his time. Unfortunately, because your friends are attracted to him. So I, if my grandfather not, Probably him, not anymore. I could have I gotten them in to see him. Oh, my goodness. Well, I didn't even know you existed. Well, I'm not going to say any names. <laughs> Two of your friends <laughs> were into Kip Kinkle. Yeah, I that, thought they were nuts. I like one. Okay, that's a little bit strange. Two at the same time is even more bizarre. And and I think it had to do with some kind of like documentary about him or a biography or whatever it is. I, I could never I never saw it. I didn't want to see it and I thought they were just crazy for thinking that they could visit Kip Kingle. Yes. Yeah, I wouldn't get involved with the person who murdered their parents. Was one of his friends, if I'm remembering right, was a girl who was super hypersexual, right? Uh yeah. The one who had sex with, like, five guys in a day. That's what she said. That's yeah. what she said. I don't know why she thought it it was a good idea to talk about that before our science class started. Um, in front of the whole class? No, 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 to our friends. Oh. I thought it was weird that she was so open about that, and I'm thinking, yeah, I'm, I wouldn't brag about it. I wish I would have met this girl in high school. No. In high no, no, school, no. babes, not now. She is trouble. Yeah, she probably I, I, has to She was a... Huh? She probably has the. I don't HIV. know if she does. Okay. No, I know what that is. Okay. Um, no, she did. She did have something, but um, I, I, I wouldn't have gotten involved with her as as much as I was friends with her. She really had some issues. Yeah, if you're attracted to Kim Kinkle and you're having sex with five guys in a day, yeah, you might have some issues. No, she did have issues. Yeah, she was very depressed. She was. She was uh, clinically depressed, uh, so that wouldn't have been a good idea. Well, I could have been the sixth guy, and then the next day she resets and goes out with other people. But no, 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 I she, did not have sex with this girl. No, she uh, she was not stable. Nice, not stable. And you're taking this off the subject here, Jay. Whoa. No, you did. Okay. Okay. So my grandfather knows Ken Ken Kesey from high school. They're not, you know, best buddies or anything, but they, you know. They, they, you know, everybody in the high school kind of knows each other, I guess. Although, you want to hear something weird, babes? We're getting off the subject. Uh, we are, but this is how we do. All right. 
Okay, we discussed that there was the MLC 20-ish reunion recently, right? Yes, yes. And I'm on the Facebook page. I see the thread. Somebody's doing something weird. Anyways, I look at the people who everybody says to invite. Now, I'm not on the list, but I'm not considering that an insult. Yeah, because you, you didn't really want to go anyway. Yeah, but... There were a lot of names yeah. that were not on there besides mine that I was kind of shocked uh-huh. weren't being discussed as we should have these people at the reunion. Wow. Like, MLC was a very small school. Yeah. And the fact that some of these people were left out, it made me feel a little bit better that my name wasn't mentioned. Well, what? how small was it? Okay, it's K through 12, and I believe... When I was there in high school, I couldn't tell you what year, I heard that the entire school had like 419 students. More than the blind school I went to. Right, but for a public school, what that did your high small, school have? That is small, though. That is small considering. Not 420 students in the high school, 420 students from kindergarten through the end of high school. Yeah, that is pretty small. Yeah. Yeah, it's one thing if it's like 400 plus students that were high school kids. Mm-hmm. Um, how did they separate the grades? As far as was there a separate area for the the younger kids until middle school, and then yeah, it was basically like that. Like now, remember, I started going there in middle school, and before then, I think a couple of years before I went there, they ended this. They had something called base stations. Mm-hmm. And, again, I wasn't there during this period of time, so I might be completely messing it up. But from what I remember hearing, there would every teacher would have students from, like, kindergarten through high school meet in their room for, like, an hour. And then everybody would go about their day with an age-appropriate class, right? So, if so you're, kind of like homeroom then. Something like that. So if you're in like fourth grade, you might go to this room for an hour, be with the younger and older kids, and then you'd go for the rest of the day, hang out with the rest of the fourth graders. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It was an interesting spot. I wish okay. I could have been there for that period of time. But, but I what, how, do they, how do they handle that when you got there? Well, I started there in seventh grade, so middle school there was seventh and eighth grade. And so we were all kind of in our group, but everybody would kind of like socialize with people too, so. But you didn't have to meet at the uh, the base station? No. Okay. Base station was just what they called that period, okay. it, as far as I know. Yeah. Again, a slightly before my time. Because that almost sounds like homeroom. I, I do remember at my middle school where we would meet in homeroom before we go to uh, throughout our um, classes. Now, we did a version of homeroom for the seniors the last year that I was at MLC. Mm-hmm. But it was only that year, and I was skipping a lot, so I don't know much about it. There were some attractive girls in there. But, uh, J-Lo, you were taking us off course. No, you did, Bob. How did I do that? You were talking about your high school reunion thing, and then you were talking about Bay Stations and um, your oh. high school and all that. Well, oh, I forgive you, babes. Okay, let's go on. By God, does he? Ah! <laughs> no, I'm just joking, babes. I love you. Oh, my goodness. Give me a kiss. No. Why not? You will do. No, we'll give me a kiss. Huh? Yeah. Oh, right. my goodness. So, back to the movie. Back to the movie. Which we haven't started talking about really Not even yet. a little bit. Okay, so after 
Ken Kesey knows my grandfather. He writes One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. And this is, I think this is before he gets involved with the psychedelic movement. Right. Before he meets Jack Kerouac and all those people. I could have the timeline a little bit wrong. Mm. Um, but, you know, he was part of that whole movement that Tom Wolfe wrote about in the electric Kool-Aid acid test. Okay. Yeah. But I'm not familiar with, with that. Interesting book. And we'll, we'll eventually we'll get there, but probably not today. So in any event, Kesey writes the book. Kirk Douglas reads it and buys the film rights and plays Randall P. McMurray on a Broadway interpretation of the show. Oh, wow. In 1962 or 63. Oh, wow. He wants to get the movie made, is having trouble with the financing, and is doing this for years. Mm -hmm. Eventually, in the 1970s, his son comes to him, Michael Douglas, and says, I think I can get the financing behind this. Mm Mm-hmm. So, Michael takes over this. Mm -hmm. Now, you have heard of a musician named John Fogarty. Oh, yes, of course. Now, I know this seems like it's unrelated. Yeah, how is it related? You're going to have to roll with me for a minute, but trust me, we're going to get there. Okay. John Fogarty was, of course, part of a group called Credence Clear Water Water Revival. Revival. Yep. He writes all these songs. And... I think he's either a producer or an executive at the record company named Saul Zance. Uh-huh. John Fogarty accuses Saul Zance of stealing his publishing. Mm-hmm. And it creates a rift between him and the rest of the members of Credence. And <coughs> eventually Fogarty, I think in the eighties writes some songs against Saul Zance. Uh-huh. Saul Zance sues him for copyright infringement, basically saying that Fogarty ripped off his own material. Now, Saul Zance loses this battle in court. Mm -hmm. And Saul Zance lives into his 90s and eventually passes away of natural causes, Mm. even though he screwed John Fogarty over. So what does this have to do with one flew over the cuckoo's nest, you're asking? Yeah. Okay, we're about to get there. Because he owned all this publishing... Saul Zance was a rich man in the 1970s. Michael Douglas talked to his father, and Kirk Douglas agreed to let Michael go out and see if he could get financing. Major studios didn't want to give them the money. But who does Michael Douglas know? Saul Zance. Uh. And Saul Zance provides the financing for him to get this movie made. Wow. So that's a little bit of the background of... The making, or That's, I guess uh, how this film got made. An unlikely source, yeah. Mm-hmm. I thought maybe you're going to say that John Fogarty agrees to help with Michael Douglas financing the movie. No. Okay. No, no, no. Not John Fogarty, okay. So let's get to the actual movie. He's too busy fighting with the members of Credence. I guess so. Yeah. Yes. The film is. What are you doing? Oh, I'm just. Getting some future oil. Oh, my goodness. Go on, go on. About this mental institution ran by Louise Fletcher. Nurse Ratchet. Mm-hmm. Who also played Kai Wynn. Yes. Very good on both parts. Exactly. And she won an Oscar for this movie. And she's just trying to keep things under control. She's very much by the book, mm-hmm. right? One day, a prisoner 
who has said that he is not mentally ill, that he's not mentally stable, gets brought to the mental facility and he starts shaking things up, right? Like he, he's doing all these stunts. Uh, he really wants them to watch the World Series and won't quit pressing this issue. And eventually Louise Fletcher brings down the law and just says, this is not going to happen. But she can't stop him from making these comments about the game. Yeah. And then, uh, and then he does other things like he, um, he uh, gets the boys to leave with him and they go fishing. They steal a boat. They steal a boat. But he's also doing <laughs> cool things that don't, don't just benefit him. So he starts talking to this guy named Chief. And everybody says, Chief doesn't know how to speak. He's deaf. And, and you're wasting your time talking to him. Yep. But Randall keeps pushing this. He mm-hmm. He still talks to the Chief. Tries to teach him about basketball. Yep. Eventually he's told, listen, dude, you may technically only have a couple months left on your prison sentence, but that ain't the way it works in here. Yeah. You know, you if you're in here, you're in here. And you got to prove to us that you're sane before you can leave. Yeah, yeah. And based on how you're acting, we don't know if, when you're going to leave. You're going to leave when, we, leave, when you, we say you leave. Yeah, which could be never. Yeah. Okay. He likes the people in there Mm -hmm. and is stunned when he finds out that most of the folks he knows are allowed to leave if they want to, but they're choosing to stay in there. Yeah, because some of them and some of them are are there voluntarily. They were not committed. He causes a ruckus. A lot of people are taken down to have electroshock therapy. Including him. Right. While Randall is waiting, he he offers some gum to the chief who says, thank you. And then Randall realizes that the chief has been fooling him and everybody else. And he's like, this guy is actually really smart. He knows what he's doing. It's like, you fooled us all, chief. Yeah. You fooled us all. Mm-hmm. Give him electroshock therapy. Randall comes back. And he's like, I'm my old self. I'm, you know, I'm good as ever. Mm-hmm. Place closes for the night. Randall sneaks behind the counter where they keep the medication and the phones and all that stuff. Yeah. Calls his girl who we met on the boating. Uh, Candy. Can- he calls us Candy and asks um, her to bring another girl and the booze. Yeah, to basically bust him out. Yeah. But he wants to have one last night of fun with his friends before he leaves. Um, he's finally about to go. There's a kid in the movie. He stutters. Billy. And he finds out that Billy is attracted to candy. Yep. Randall wants to do this kid a solid because he knows that this kid isn't really a threat. And Billy's probably not going to get laid if he doesn't have sex now. So Randall goes up to your girl candy and says, hey, come on, have have some passion with this kid, right? Everybody falls asleep. They wake up the next morning, and all hell is starting to bust loose because Nurse Ratchet comes in. She eventually finds Billy and just goes into him. I know your mother. How could you do something like this? Uh, guards, you know, take him away. You're going to go to Dr. So-and-so's office and wait for him. Mm-hmm. Billy kills himself. Where does he kill himself? In the office. Oh, he does. Because they leave him alone in there. 
And Nurse Nurse Ratchet is like, we're not going to look at this. We're just going to pretend this never happened. Your man, Jack Nicholson, jumps on her, starts to choke her. Yeah. Eventually, they're separated. And they basically shock this guy until his brain is all fried up. We don't see it on camera. Yeah. But that's the implication. And so he's not talking. He's not responding. We don't know if it's that night or a couple weeks later. My guess is some time has gone by. Yeah, and and Chief is talking to him. Well, Chief is waiting. He's waiting, yeah. And he's there the night that they bring Jack Nicholson back, and it takes a couple people to put him into bed. Yeah. Chief goes over to him, says, we're breaking out of here, realizes that McMurray is pretty much toast. McMurphy. McMurphy, I'm sorry. Yeah. I do that with names. Yeah. And he decides that... Um, out of compassion, he's going to put McMurphy out of his misery. He kills him, breaks loose, and escapes. And that's essentially the end of the movie. Yeah. I saw this film, I believe, the last time when I was around 14 or 15. Wow, really? Yeah. That long ago? I've seen it like two or three times before we watched it. Uh-huh. But I ha- that was the last time I viewed it. I, I used to rent this movie mm-hmm. periodically. Yeah. Because it's a, it's a really good movie. But yeah. there were things watching it as an adult that I didn't really get when I was younger. In some ways, I like it more. And in some ways, I like it less. Oh, okay. Um, I But this, I know you don't like it as much as me, but I think you would agree that most film buffs at some point in their life should watch this film. Um, I'm not sure what you mean by that. Don't you think that this is a film that most people should watch at some point? I, I guess. I mean, I don't think that way, but I guess. Wow. I mean, it has two Academy Award-winning performances and a one Best Picture Oscar. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely, I mean, as I said before, I thought it was a good movie. Definitely a very good movie, but I thought it, in in some ways it was very disturbing to see. But it also... Has some great performances in it. Char- the guy who played the one of the patients, Charlie Cheswick, was super, super good. Mm-hmm. I don't know who he was, but he was really good. And even though Danny DeVito had a small part, and he was very young, um, he was good too. Christopher Lloyd. Yeah, Christopher Lloyd. This was Lloyd. before they worked together on Taxi. Yep. And uh, this was before Back to the Future. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Before he was Doc Brown. He, now, he should have gone back in time and helped uh, Jack Nicholson out, but that's not the way <laughs> things went. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. I would give this movie a strong eight. Yeah. Borderline nine. But for me, there's a lot of different factors. There's how much I enjoyed the movie, but also its cultural importance. Mm-hmm. Now, I'll tell you something that was very unbelievable but I didn't really pick up on as a little kid. Mm-hmm. And it, in some ways, it breaks the reality of the movie a little bit. Mm-hmm. When he sends Candy to have sex with, uh, is it Billy? Yeah, the stuttering kid. Yeah. The stuttering guy. Everybody falls asleep. I didn't get that either. Like, I could see one or two people because it's human nature. To but, fall asleep. Yeah. yeah, but to think that everybody would fall asleep at the same time. Is just a little bit too unreal, and that he would have to, um, he would get caught by Nurse Ratchet still naked, 
And and oh, I believe that. No, 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 no. I wasn't done yet. Go ahead. I meant when he had to put his when he was putting his clothes on and everybody was um, clapping because they knew it happened. Yeah, I believe that. I could see that. No, happening. but you said you said last night that you could see why I wouldn't believe it. I could see why you wouldn't believe it, but I'm saying for me, I believe that. Okay. I didn't believe everybody falling asleep at the same time. That that was kind of weird. Mm-hmm. Let's talk a little bit. So we're going to get into kind of a murky territory here for a couple of different reasons. I have not read the book that this movie is based on. Yeah. And I don't know why. Okay. Because I I really should, and I've heard it's great, but I've also heard that while the movie is pretty much from the perspective of McMurphy, the book is from the perspective of the chief. Yeah. And again, it gets murky because I don't know that that's the case. I've heard that that's how it's done. Right. Um. Then we get into issues of possible racism, right? Because, and it's a type of racism that is like, it's unseen. It's not like it's in your face. The clan is at your house, but Uh it's like, they weren't going to make a movie where the main star of it is this Native American guy who doesn't really talk until three-fourths of the way through the movie. And even then says very few words. Yeah. Now... As a moviegoer, and as somebody who knows how important this film is mm-hmm. in the history of cinema, it's super easy for me to say that they made the right choice. But do you think that's the case? Do you think that this would have been a better film had it been told from the perspective of the chief? I don't know, honestly. Mm. I couldn't tell you. I mean, this is my first time ever seeing it, so mm-hmm. what? what do I know? I don't know. And this is like my fourth time. I couldn't tell you. Okay. I really couldn't. Does this movie make you want to read the book? I don't know, honestly. Um, I I don't know if I will or not. Mm. The reason why Louise Fletcher is such a great villain in this movie, and this is not an original thought, is because she thinks that she's the good guy. Exactly. She thinks because she's... Doing things by the book and keeping everybody, uh, you know, keeping routine because she thinks, well, some of these men are older and their minds are so uh, badly damaged that they, they have to have routine. What does this film teach us about how following the rules can turn us into the villain? Um, there are situations where you shouldn't, you shouldn't live by the book, if that makes any sense. Go ahead. There's one thing, if you're following the rules, because there's, there's a very good reason to follow the rules, but it's another thing if you're, you're going by the book and you're not letting uh, a patient have any experiences. But the setting of this movie is a mental hospital, right? Yes. It could easily, though, be a workplace environment or a school. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. And I think it teaches us something about people who not only use the rules to justify their actions, Mm -hmm. but also the people who are left in charge to enforce the rules. Yeah. 
right? So if it was based in the school, she could be the principal or the teacher who doesn't let the kids have any fun. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And she really did think that she was doing them a service. Yeah. And she's a great villain, not just because she sees herself as a hero, but because we've all known 10 nurse ratchets. Mm -hmm. Now, they weren't nurses necessarily, but we've all known that person. Oh, yeah. You know. Oh, yeah. That's what makes her so great in this movie. And it wasn't, I mean, it wasn't as if she was like as brazen as a drill sergeant, but she could tell that. At least for me, she seemed like the very, you know, condescending type of a person. Mm -hmm. We have to talk about your problem. Yes, your problem. Yeah, we have to talk about how you dealt with your problem, and we're not going to talk about anybody else's problem right now. Or I'm friends with your mother. I'm going to tell her what you did. Exactly. Yeah. Very condescending. Um, uh, She will just, you know, thumb, you know, thumb her nose at the people in the um in the place especially somebody like billy who isn't the smartest person in the hospital mm-hmm. the institution so yeah very you know very condescending but she probably didn't know that she was no she's not the best villain in movie history right no but she's in the discussion i've heard people say that she's one of the best yeah. and i don't necessarily disagree with that she and I and I said before that her as Nurse Ratchet and her as Kai Wen, they're different kinds of evil. Yeah. Kai Wen chooses not to believe that she's evil. Nurse Ratchet genuinely thinks that she's not evil. There's a yeah. difference. And what really, really did it for me too to know how evil she was mm-hmm. is that she was willing to go on with the rest of the day while this guy just killed himself. Yes. And you know, if somebody kills themselves in an institution, the day is no longer the day. It's no longer day. what's on the schedule. It's no longer on the schedule. It's no longer a routine. Somebody has to come and eventually move the body. Well, yeah. and it's more than that. She's friends with this guy's mom. Exactly. And mm-hmm. how? What is she gonna? How is she going to explain to his mother why he killed himself? I love Netflix. Yeah. But they did something a year or two ago, which did it ruin my life? No. But did it mildly piss me off? Yes. Everything now has to be part of a greater cinematic universe. So they made a show based on Nurse, Nurse Ratchet. That's like a prequel to the movie series. What is it? it I think Are it's called serious? Ratchet. Yes, I am serious. I believe it's called Ratchet. Oh, jeez. I've never watched it. I don't want to watch it. I don't need to know the background of Nurse Ratchet. Yeah, and I don't need to know the background of um of a show on of a of a star that is no longer around. Yeah. Um, Selena. Because I already watched a movie. I don't need another show. Like um, Netflix did. Yeah, it's like come on. I mean, you ha- they had apparently they had better um they had better originals than that. But to me it's it's like you almost take away what's brilliant about this character by doing something like that. Like, most people aren't going to watch the TV show. But if I did, I don't think I would appreciate Louise Fletcher's performance the same way that I do. Exactly. You know. Well, probably they're probably not going to have her in the show, right? No, because it's based on the younger Nurse Ratchet. That's my understanding. Yeah, I don't don't need to know why she's evil. Mm Mm-hmm. 
she's evil because she's evil. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I mean, it's just like if they were if if they were gonna do a prequel to the Transformer movies, I don't really need to have. Um, I don't really need to see a movie about one of the villains. No. Yeah, it just doesn't make any sense. No. We will not be watching Ratchet or Nurse Ratchet or Nurse Ratchet the middle school years or whatever. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's it's just it's really annoying. It's just unnecessary. It's like, come on. It's one thing if there's like a prequel in a book because mm-hmm. you could read it and see if you like it. But if they're going to make it into an entire show, you don't know how long it's going to be on. It probably might be really bad. Um, I don't know. Also, Ken Kesey didn't write this. And, exactly. and now, obviously, he had very little involvement with the movie. Yeah. I heard that when he sold the rights to Kirk Douglas, he only got $10,000. Now, well. that's a rumor. I can't confirm or deny that, but that's what I've heard. Mm-hmm. But at least it's based on his material. The Nurse Ratchet thing is based off of a movie that's based off of his material. So it's like a copy of a copy. I know. Yeah. I know. I don't I don't get it. I just don't get it. What do you think of Jack Nicholson in this film? Um, I think that, I mean, he had his own issues too. Mm-hmm. Everybody does, but I think he he meant well. For, you know, to, to get these, these patients out of the institution because they've, it sounds to me like they've been cooped up there for a very long time. Most of them, yes. And, uh, and of course, some of them have been there voluntarily, not that they were committed. So I think he meant well and to, uh, get them exposed to other experiences like basketball, fishing, uh, watching or hearing about the game. I've known people like Randall P. McMurphy. Yeah. Too. Which is also why it's such a great performance is because these are people that you know in real life. Uh-huh. At least these, everybody in this movie is, I've known people like these characters. Yeah. And I, and that's why the film resonates so well with people, I think. Did you know anybody like, uh, like Cheswick? I and, uh, not not to that extreme, but I've definitely known or people. Harding. I've definitely known people who are similar to Cheswick. I've definitely known people. Which one was Harding? Dale Harding, I think his name was, was the one that um they were focusing on his problem with his wife. Oh yeah, I've known people, like and that. Uh, he just like completely went off the rails yeah, yeah, because yeah. 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 I've known people like these the characters in this movie. Yeah, that's why it works so well. That's why. I think at some point I I owe it to myself to visit the book. The man who played Harding was really good. They're all great in this movie. They are really There's, good. I don't think I could, I saw a bad performance here. Yeah. 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 Um, what would you give it? I I'd, I'd give it a a week eight. Would you recommend this film to your family? Um, possibly. I don't know. When your mom comes here. Yeah. Are you going to watch this with her? No. Okay. I don't know if she'd like it or not. I really don't know if she would. Mm. She might, or maybe she maybe she would like it. I don't know. What's your elevator pitch to the fam? Um, uh, things are not always what they seem at a mental institution. Oh. Because it seems like such a cheerful, happy place. 
Take your medications, folks. Uh, uh, Good morning, Miss Ratchet. I've had friends who have been institutionalized. I would not like that. No. How did they feel about it? Was it like... Well, they didn't like it either. Nobody who is currently in the close social circle. But people from years ago. I've I've known a few people who've been institutionalized. I know of one person that you told me that was. Mm -hmm. Um, I know of somebody who was, but for a short time. In your real life? Yes. Okay. She was um, in eighth grade with me, and there were was a time where she was missing uh, from classes, and I found out from a friend in one of my classes who was also friends with her that she was in a uh, local mental institution. I'm going to be super vague about this thing, and I might even be vague to you after we stop doing this. All right. <laughs> uh, I knew somebody. Who was placed in a mental institution when she was four. Oh, wow. Yeah. And that's all I'm going to say about that. Can I ask you privately? You can ask me privately, but I might even be vague then. That's insane. I'll I'll, I'll let you, because that makes it sound like it's really close. I'll let you know this. It wasn't my sister or anybody on my mom's side of the family. Or anybody that I know about. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That is insane. And it wasn't an ex-girlfriend. It's, I was gonna I was just gonna ask no, that. No, 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 no. But but you heard about it? Yes, I heard about it later. That is insane. I a four-year-old in an institution. This was in the nineties. She was four in the nineties when she was this when she was placed in the mental institution. And this was wow. here in liberal Portland, Oregon. Uh that is crazy. Yep. That is not a place for children. No. That, wow. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, do you know why she was in there? I know that she came from a fucked up family. Well, well, well who wouldn't if they're going to place their child in a mental institution? Yeah. Besides their, her family being uh, very, very bad. I think a relative may have killed himself in front of her. Like right before this happened, I I'm a, a, another reason I'm being vague about this is I actually don't know all the specifics about why she was put in there. That is, uh, yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. On that happy note, I'm glad you enjoyed the movie, babes. <laughs> Sound like a happy note to me, but it was very depressing. Yeah. <laughs> I'm questioning how much we want to say about the next movie since it literally just came out two days ago. I don't want to say too much, but I have to say that I thought there was a lot of funny parts in it. In the movie Turning Red. Yes. It's it's basically about this. Were, were they from Japan? No, no, no. They were uh, from Canada. They, no, she but was a she, Chinese. They, Chinese. No, no. She she was a Chinese-Canadian girl. Uh, okay. Mei Lin. Mei Lin. And it's basically the story about her relationship with her mom, and when she gets angry, she starts turning into a panda and all that stuff. Any any kind of emotional thing, uh, excitement or whatever, yeah. her panda comes out. I like this movie. Overall, I would give it a strong seven. There were a few little things here and there. I gave it a strong seven, too. Yeah. The one thing I'm going to point out is when she starts turning into a panda... Her mom says, we can reverse this. Uh, it has to be on this night, and we're only going to get one shot at this. And then we find out that you get multiple shots at this. 
But I, I think in her head, and I was trying to make the point that she, her mom probably didn't think that it was, that they could have a multiple shot at it. And she probably also didn't know that uh, people can choose to release their panda spirits never to come back. Mm. Because remember when she said that, oh, my panda spirit is in this pendant and you could have the same uh, happen with, with, with your spirit. It could, it could be, um, uh, locked away in the pendant. Yeah. But she probably didn't know that they could release their spirits and not have them come back. Well, wait a second. The spirits do come back because the mom releases the spirit because her pendant breaks and the panda is there. She turns in. Oh, I don't want to give too much away. I, I, I would push back on that a little if, you know, it would do. No, but remember back. though, her, um, the girl's aunties, right? Yeah. They all release their, their spirits. Yeah. And they didn't come back. Oh, I see what you're saying at the end of the movie. Yes, exactly. Okay. Okay. Exactly. I'm not talking about what happened before that. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. But there was a lot of funny parts. Um, it was good. Her friends were really weird. Yeah. Like one of her friends, when she turns into a panda, is like, oh, I just want to hug you. And I love, I love your fur. Yeah. And she, she's uh, kind of a weirdo. Um, the uh, other one has a really low voice. Mm-hmm. The other one, um, I think her name is Abby, seems a lot, a little bit more normal than the, the other two girls. It's a good movie. And her, her her mom didn't like the friends. <laughs> yeah. I'd give it a strong seven. What would you give it? I would give it a strong seven also. Are you going to recommend this film to your family? Oh, yeah, yeah, I would. You going to tell your mom about this? Uh, possibly. Okay. Yeah. What's your elevator pitch for Turning Red? Um, Don't. Uh, you don't know what kind of uh, you don't know what kind of stuff is going to come out when somebody gets angry. <laughs> uh, most likely, we won't they won't turn into pandas? But yes, yes, but it's a fun movie. How do you feel, babes? Yeah, that I now I told you last night. I'm giving you the heads up that I'm going to have a long discussion with just me and your mom about how I think that she should have disciplined you more as a child. And I'm I'm putting in work on that. No, you're not going to have a conversation with my mom about That's it. That's going to be a very long discussion. I don't believe you. Yes, yeah, it is. No. <laughs> but but my mom would tell you, my mom would tell you, and so would my other relatives, if you ever meet them, that I never, I did not want to break the rules, and I always tried to avoid as many spankings or lectures Oh. As much as I could. Well, I also tried to avoid groundings. Nice. And I don't think I got grounded, but my sisters did. Nice. Yeah. Well, you should have been spanked more there. Well, but I still love you. Give me kiss. I'll get you. I'll kiss. get you. Oh, what else? Babes. Yes. Did you have any dreams last night? I did not. Nice. Neither did but I. But I think I'm going to need a nap after this. All right. Is there anything else you want to talk about? No. All right. Then let's end it. Okay, bye-bye. 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 Bye-bye.